Welcome, 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 welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 42. So we're going to be talking about the burial of Kojo and Pet Cemetery. Oh yeah. So Tawana, what are we sipping on today? Well, you know how I do. I like to keep it a little thematic. It's how I choose. So... Where does Stephen King like to set all his horror films? Round one. Maine. Ding, 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 ding. ding You're ding, the ding, winner. Ding, ding. You're the winner. Maine. Most of his films are set in Maine. So with that in mind, I went out to find a popular brew from Maine. And Damn. I think a lot of people know Allagas. Allagas out of Portland, Maine. I've done one Is myself. Is it not Allagash? It's Allagash. What'd I say? Allagas. Eh, Allagash. Put the ass. I forgot the ass. Allagash. Allagash. My bad. It's nice. It's a good drop. Yeah, it's a good drop. That's not bad. Anyway, I've done it one. I've done one, one once before. I've reviewed the Saison, just like mm. a farmhouse ale. Really tasty. Um, this time I'm doing their white. It's a Belgium style wheat beer. Um, I do like a, a wheat beer, but. Uh, Belgium style, I like a German wheat beer better than a Belgium. The Belgium is really just a white. It, it, is, it features a lot of balance, has a lot of citrus, a lot of spice, a lot of coriander, a lot of wheat. This one has a curacao, orange peel. Nice. Um, rounds out the flavor a bit, and it, it's got this, of course, because it's a white, it's very pale, straw-colored, hazy beer. Um... I mean, it's good. It's got a full flavor, uh, much like uh, there are a few others that are wit beers, or they call them white beers, but they're spelled like wit. Um, there are a few others that exist out there. But um, if you like a good, uh, a good gently rousing uh, mm. wit white beer, go for it. Nice. Got a little haze. Taste it out. Got it. I Ron? understand. What you got going on? Well, you know. Everybody in all these films was drinking a little bit of brown liquor. Yes. In, in between Pet Cemetery and the Burial of Kojo. Yes. Everybody was drinking something brown, and nine times out of yes. ten, it was it was a bourbon or a whiskey of some sort. Yes. So I went back to my favorite Kentucky for this episode. We're doing uh, Mitchers today, small batch, mm-hmm. and they're out of uh, Kentucky as usual. Your been, favorite. They were established back in 1753, so. Very, they've been making bourbon a long time, and this is small batch, and it's number one eight L one eight zero seven. Wow! So that's a serious number. Just to know, they're serious about their small batches, and Absolutely. it's tasty. It's 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 got that um, vanilla note, a lot of oak, because you know it was all done in those charred oak mm-hmm. barrels, and you got the that stone fruit flavor to it. It's full body, very very heavy, and it's uh, ninety one proof, so. 
it'll take you there if you need to go there. Mm-hmm. And it, it ends on a solid note with that oaky flavor. And I, and I love that about a good Kentucky bourbon. Right, right, right. So I would definitely recommend you checking it out. And as I was picking it up today from Pompette, they were all recommending to, to get it because oh, it goes fast. Because it's Doesn't, always running it. out. Yeah, it's, it's tasty. Always running out. It's smooth. It's full body. It's got a nice full mouth. And I'm not feeling well today, so I'm having it in a hot toddy. Medicinal. And it's, Medicinal. It's definitely working. Awesome. Yeah, right. All right. Well, look, um, for the listeners out there as well, we're, we're switching up our, uh, tightening up our format today, actually. We're going to introduce uh, a new little segment, um, and we're going to wait uh, the reviews are a little bit more in favor of kind of our, our sort of favorite film to the day, the, the film right. that we feel like we can put the most amount of time and love into. Absolutely. And then also we all see lots of movies, so we're going to tighten that up with a follow-up for the sort of the other films that we saw. But we're going to sort of uh, kick it off with a new segment we're talking about, about what's new in film. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on all the time. So many. Uh, especially about uh, diversity in Hollywood, which uh, is, is getting better every Absolutely. year. Absolutely. So we want to talk about what's new in film, what's new uh, with people of color. Uh, mm-hmm. in the film industry and uh, Tawana's is going to get into it yeah so last night I uh, I went out to Angelica in New York and I saw a screening of Little Woods uh, directed by Nia DaCosta mm-hmm. you might know her because she is the newest director on scene and she'll be helming uh, the remake of Candyman oh great with, with Jordan Peele nice. and so this was her first feature Little Woods starring Tessa Thompson um I think her name is Lily James. Uh, pretty good film. Um, helmed, helmed by a black woman with strong black leads. And speaking of strong black leads, another film came out this weekend as Fast Color. Um, strong black leads starring uh, Gugu Mbatha-Raw. I think we all know her. Um, Lorraine Toussaint. Even the little girl from The Passage, Sanaya Sydney. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, look out for it. I mean, there's a lot of things coming out. Um, I think there's really interesting stuff. Little take on Little Woods that I found out last night was um, first feature. Hard to get cash for a first feature, right? Marketing issues, things like that. Uh, went through the Sundance Labs. Uh, Tessa Thompson was one of the actors in the Sundance Labs when they put this through it. Uh, Little Woods. And Nia DaCosta, the director, sort of fell in love with her abilities and her as a person and asked her to be in the feature. And because of Tessa, they were able to green light some money from uh, CAA um, and CAA agency. <clears throat> it's the cash in. Right. right. Represents a lot of folks. And so because of that, um, they were able to get this made and pushed in, get the majority of the money. And so I think uh, Tessa is also EP on this executive producer. So they really cashed it out, and pushed it through. So, I mean, if you like, if you like, uh, if you like films, <laughs> if you like films helmed by women, starring strong female leads, and they are black, just go see it. Check it out. Right. Should be in your local theater. The other oh, thing yeah. that uh, came out this week, obviously, we had Coachella last weekend. Yes. Um, some big things that came out of that was uh, Guava Island, uh, with yeah. Childish Gambino. Speaking of black leads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I managed to catch this. And Rihanna. Uh, and Rihanna, and we'll of, course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> thick Rihanna. Yes, Thick Rihanna, <laughs> a new name, <laughs> and that's a positive spin. Exactly. No, she looked. She looked awesome. She yeah. looked awesome. But yeah, Guava Island was great. Um, kind of an extended, like a very long form yes, music video. It's like a like um, an hour. obviously, like you know what? It, it kind of felt like an episode of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. 
it sort of had that kind of pacing to it, mm-hmm. but set in a tropical island. Right. Um, obviously, there's like Donald Glover's sort of his like recent greatest hits. This is America uh, and a bunch of other his most popular tracks. But it's definitely like a film with right. just a few of his songs sort of mixed in. Right. The director was uh, Hirao. Oh, man, I'm dropping a second name. But the guy that directed This is America. Okay. Um, so they, they shot on film as well. It's shot for three. It's not widescreen. Um, but it was a really cool, uh, you know, if you just, it's very easy to watch. You can sort of slip in and out. Um, the only real criticism that I heard of it was people felt like um, Donald Glover was kind of mythologizing himself as Childish Gambino a little bit. It's about a guy who wants to throw a music festival. Um, the sort of the powers that be on the island don't want him to. Has a little bit of a dark twist at the end. Um, but I, th- I thought it was really entertaining. Shot, it was actually shot in Cuba as well. Okay. Um, so that's that's really interesting how they that's managed really to figure that out. But that came out, uh, and then of course we had Homecoming as well, with sort of music films right. um, from Beyonce. And I think oh, Vaughn, you said you saw that, right? Let me just drop some magic on you because Beyonce dropped some magic on all of us in the form of the streaming network Netflix. This was right. a big battle between Netflix and and HBO to get this property. Yeah, it was. And um, net uh, Netflix won Netflix because won. they spent. They're spending literally $60 million for a three-project deal well, the thing with was Beyonce. Hold also, on one second. Yeah. Hold on one second. So they're spending all this money. It's a $60 million deal that they have with Beyonce. So she's mm-hmm. going to put out three different projects with Netflix. They spent $20 million alone right. just for the rights from the Coachella right. concert. And and this footage that you're going to see in, in what's called Homecoming, that's the name of the documentary, um, is the behind-the-scenes footage of the Coachella show in which Beyonce was the first black woman to headline the Coachella concert series. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a feast for the eyes and the ears and she's also dropped a, a, a live album from it. Mm-hmm. So just know it, it's definitely worth the experience. I know a lot of people who actually stayed up and waited for it to drop at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. And it, so when it, when, it, when it popped up on the air, people were ready to see it and had their, a lot of points of view online. So... Um, Shout out to Beyonce because she just keeps bringing it in, and and she's doing it in a way, she's doing it mogul style. She's she's negotiating mm-hmm. her deals. She's owning the yeah. rights to her stuff. She's making them pay for it. They're yeah. not getting anything for free. Yeah. And of course, we're gonna reap the benefits of that. Hopefully, so yeah. uh, once again, shout out to Beyonce. So the last one who the last woman who headlined it was Ariana Grande, and they paid her right. eight million dollars. Right. I saw this on social media. To perform, that was her fee. To, that was her fee, and oh so Beyonce God. said, "I'll charge you half and four, but yeah. I want half the rights, and I'll get a deal with Netflix or HBO <sighs> to to do the behind the scenes." And they were like, "Sure," and That's she wound up. That's why she's Queen And she wound up with Netflix and is getting so much more than she would have ever gotten with just eight. You know, and and the craziest thing about it, she she yanked it out. You know, Netflix yanked it out from under HBO because yeah. HBO had done their her lemonade uh, film there. They also did her other documentary, yeah, Life Is But a Dream. Yeah, they did so a few. They hated to lose her. They just didn't want to put out all of that money. But nevertheless, we're all winners at the end. Yeah, awesome. So look, that's our that's our wrap up for what's new uh, in the last week. Um, there's some really good stuff out there, and we just wanted to make sure we got that mentioned because there's so much exciting stuff always happening. Uh, we want to make sure that, that you guys hear about it and that we uh, put an opinion on it. Absolutely. Why don't we uh, rip into the first film? Yeah. All right. The Berry of Kojo, uh, directed by Sam Blitz Bazawuli. Okay. Hoping I'm pronouncing that right, sir. Um, 
It's about a man who's trapped in a mine shaft by his vengeful brother while his daughter embarks on a magical journey to rescue him. This is basically uh, a bit of a fairy tale, just sort of shot through this magical sort of like lens. Mm -hmm. Like the Boreal Kojo sort of follows Issei, which is uh, the little girl in the film who's narrating it, um, as she recounts her childhood and the tumultuous relationship between her father Kojo and her uncle, uh, I'm sorry, Kwambena. Yes. Um, directed by, uh, like I just said, Blitz, who is also a TED fellow, music composer, and a musician himself, which would explain for all the music in the film. Right, right. Um, Blitz uh, puts forth this film that sort of chronicles this tale between these two brothers through these gifted eyes of a, of a young girl who transports the audience through this sort of beautiful lands of Ghana and other worlds as they exist between life and death. Right, and so I thought it was beautifully and artfully crafted fairy tale. Very tells this sort of linear story in a non-linear way, right? Very reminiscent of another film called The Fall. Mm-hmm. If anybody remembers yeah. that, absolutely, with Lee Pace telling the story to the sickly girl in a hospital about this mm-hmm. whole heroic journey. Um, it's very similar, artfully crafted, big, big, um, <clears throat> big costumes, hair design. But this was this takes place in Ghana and is very. Um, it's about the landscape. It's about the landscape, but it's also mm-hmm. about the people because yep. it's beautiful textiles, beautiful yep. culture, beautiful representation of the culture of yeah. Africa of, Ghana, of, of the country of, of Ghana. There was a lot of color treatments. A lot in this of piece. color treatments. Um, really, really, really pretty, and and it's just ultimately it's just this old fashioned. Uh, revenge tale, right? Between these two brothers, you know, almost kind of like a haunted tale. Also, really, really, uh, really, really good. Uh, what I really, really liked about it, the story was good, and it, and it it came off well. You were it was easy to follow. Mixed between English and like um, English, and uh, I don't know what they speak in Ghana. I'm sure there's a specific dialect. It said yeah. something like t- um, a tizzy. A tin or it, it had they would it would specify. It would say I think it's like T Z I or something. Yeah, like yeah. Z maybe Z maybe. It reminded it me of in Roma when they would uh, the the maids would switch between like the right. Aztec yeah the right. Aztec Spanish tongue yeah. and then um, in between Spanish and mm-hmm. they would sort of they'd specify if they were speaking that or not. Right, they would specify yeah because I'm sure there's a, a t- I mean it's a country yeah. so it's a ton of dialects in it. And but, then you had the Arabic. That was spoken by yeah, the, Arabic by the was guy in the spoken in the by the he was sort of like a porn dealer. Right, right. He bought gold. So it was a nice the, mix of, of culture elements in the film. Yeah, very you know, culturally representative. Beautiful melanin just just flowing Tons. everywhere. It's beautifully shot. Yes, absolutely. And what my favorite parts were the scenes where if you notice, there was a lot of scenes where people were sitting together or standing together. Yeah, there was a lot of two and three shots. And but there was an element which gave you that sense of intimacy, mm-hmm. but there was still something missing in whatever their relationships were. Right. But you felt like they were in the same space and they were so close to each other, like how the yeah. brothers would sit with each other. Yeah, they were sitting. And the, and the group of friends, like the three friends, or, or the father and the daughter, or the wife. Yeah, they the always husband. sat really close. You know, and it was interesting how they would have conversations, and they wouldn't necessarily be looking directly in each other's faces. Right. But there was always some kind of mood that was set. Right. Well, it alluded to to intimacy. It alluded to uh, 
to a sense of belonging. Right. It was very establishing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It really had they and it leads to some more something else. For sure. Which you'll find out when you watch the film. But it would always and then the scenes would start out like it would it would start out wide. Yeah. And then they would pull in tight. Yeah. And then they would go back out to like a middle. Yeah. So you could see where everybody was still sitting in the same spaces. Oh, yeah. And it was just such a there were some beautiful moments in those in those times because there was there was even there wasn't a lot of dialogue, but you no. definitely felt every emotion that was happening. You felt the 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 tension between the brothers. Oh yeah. You know the happiness when the friend came along, and, right, right, and right. he was so glad to see the younger right, one. Right, right. And 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 just even when you saw the early courtship between the husband and the wife, that was very beautiful. You know, there was just some uh, there wonderful was that, moments. There was a thing about <clears throat> when they met the frogs would chirp or leap. Right. And then there was a moment where the lily pads, the pigment of them would change. Right, in the water. It was water. like beep, mm-hmm. boop, boop, boop. Yep. It was very beautiful. Super, super high contrast, lit well. Yeah. The color was rich. Right. There Visceral. Was, there was like great purples and reds. Great and, purples. And blues. Great blues, great reds. Yeah, pinks. Great greens. Mm-hmm. Rich, rich. Like clays, like clay mm-hmm. color. Yeah, from all the clay, all the you could tones. see all the earth tones mm-hmm. in the earth. There was there was lots of that really really beautiful stuff. I really liked a lot of the shots. Um, I didn't really research the cinematographer as well as it should have, but um, it was done so well. His name is Michael Fernandez, uh, the cinematographer. It looks like this is his only his only piece of work. But I'm well, sure with... Um, he'll be working more for sure. He'll be working more. And I feel like um, this was a personal piece for Blitz. So uh, good luck, Mike. Because you did quite a job. Your two shots were amazing. Your three shots were amazing. The aerial takes were amazing. The images reflected in water. Because at the beginning, they explain how she was born in a place that... A village that was surrounded by water. When right. really it was like... Um, I don't know what they're called. They're sort of like shanty villages in Nigeria where they live on stilts, yeah. essentially, and, and everyone's... Because it was like above a lake mode, or mm-hmm. Everyone's above a, a sea, it looked mm-hmm. like. Everyone's mode of transportation is, is, is sort of like crafts, mm-hmm. right? Some, Some sort of boat. of boat craft, like a canoe or something. But yeah, so the, the reflections into the water were brilliant. Like They had this, this one take of the two brothers... And they were split. They were not only split by this, the composition. One was a little higher, one was a little lower. One was facing us, one was facing away. They were speaking in, in different directions, but also because the colors split the subjects as well. So mm-hmm. Kojo was blue, yep. and his brother um, Kwabena was, was red. Yeah, there was always a red and blue It's like sort of reddish, pinkish. Mm-hmm. And so it was beautifully split. And when they would talk, you could see there was a, di- a division between the ideals, between the personalities, right. between even the moods in the men. So it was very interesting how, how he did that. Um, also, I really appreciate the sort of 360 shots that seem very otherworldly, sort of like as above, so below-ish. You know, representative of like climax mm-hmm. and like imagery of hell in a sense, hell on earth. Yeah, very, very reflective of that. I really, really like that. Um, also, I wonder because the color blue was used, 
And I wonder if it's symbolic of depression or sadness. Because it, it was used on the mother when she left. She left several times mm-hmm. and then came back. It was always used on her. She always seemed sad. And yeah. then well, there was a coldness. They, they, I think they wanted to in, infer the coldness, the coldness in her right. because she, she not only had it with him, but she also had it with the little girl. She had it with the little girl. It, it was, it, but it wasn't always because when they met, she wasn't blue. So maybe they're trying to infer some sort of like post, postnatal issues or. Um, I don't know. She could have had a mental illness. She could have been just been depressed or sad. She wanted to see the world, and so she would move outside of the city to see other places and then right. come back and then always. Come back. And so then there was a moment when Kojo had the same reflection when he was speaking with his brother and various other things. So I think that um, all those are really interesting because it feels as if those are all representative of a mood. Oh, I'm sure. And so I, and I, it all had to be thought out. Oh yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, I, it was one of those things, and, and and I just have to say, everybody, you have to sit and watch it. You can't yeah. be running around. You no. can't be doing other things. You can't be talking on the phone. No, you actually have to sit and to watch sit. the frames and and listen to the dialogue and hear the narration and just watch watch the acting because right. there was a lot of non-verbal communication yes, that was of, going non-verbal on. non-verbal cues. And, and so there was so so much of it. And I think that you you missed the you missed the richness of the performances, especially from the little girl. Yeah, the little and girl. And just the, the connection between the little girl and, and the father. Yes. That that whole their whole thing was just so magical in a way. Because he was they were always together. Like yeah. there were very few frames when they were not together with each other so it was it was very interesting to see that and i love the communication that was unspoken between the two brothers yes that that also was very very cool to see because they the two actors really played that off well even the the birth order situation where you have the younger versus the younger brother versus the older brother yeah and 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 how that relationship falls Mm -hmm. and it just it was very interesting to see how they did that and and they didn't have to hit you in the head with it. No, they didn't. You know, they were subtle in. It was how, easily di- digestible. Right, and it, it was just this thing about you know th- something happened between them, and you didn't necessarily know right away. You didn't know right away. But they, the way they finessed it in and eased it into the story. Right. And and when the when when the mother would tell like when the mother their told mother, the, their her yeah. grandmother Isai's grandmother. Right. When their mother would tell the story to the little girl, the grandmother. Yeah, it the was just paternal. How she did it. I was just like. And then wow. it was sort of a flashback. Right. I mean, you could tell from the very beginning when they first introduced the brother, there was something wrong. And initially, I thought it was leading into something else. Right. But then I realized as the film went on, it was really more. But and the uh, magic of the telenovela. Yeah, everything the, that was happening in the telenovela they was, sort of, was happening in their lives. Yeah, basically. they were sort of parallel. There was a lot drama. of foreshadowing going on. Yeah, and even in the sermon with the, yes, with the preacher, with the there friend. was just so many little. There's a lot. So many little subtle moments. Yeah, there's so many. There's, there's a lot of imagery with the bird. Yeah. Um, there was just beautiful imagery. The imagery. With Isai telling of her birth and then her standing under the sparkles. Yeah. As they shone down on her when she had an umbrella and she was supposed to be the light of the world and the blessings of her family, as she described it. It was all really, really interesting. Um, I don't know. I liked it so much. There's so many different images 
we could talk about the uh, the inter the comp first of all the composition of the grandmother and Isai laying on the bed, mm-hmm. crossed almost sitting in in front of the television as they watched the novella together, and the mother explaining the tale of what it was to be her, and to be and what the how the sons her father and her uncle grew up to be. It was very interesting. Yeah. I really liked it. It's playing on Netflix. So Definitely. please check it out. It is free. Well, you, you're paying for your Netflix. You're paying for your Netflix. Or you're borrowing somebody's but password. Let's so be real. Someone some has someone's someone's link at some point it's in their life. It's definitely worth watching. It's definitely worth except watching. Except mine. You can have anyone's prime, but except mine. Yeah, Alex yeah, can go Alex. fuck himself. Oh, and, and also. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Also, the because uh, the North I, remembers. I would if I could. <laughs> it's okay. Because <laughs> you were watching, you were watching the Gambino film on Prime, Prime correct? Yeah. So once again, here's an opportunity for people. If you don't have time to go to a movie theater, there's a lot of streaming opportunities for these kinds of films. There and are these. You know, we've been talking about a few here right now that. Are, are doing very well in yeah. these streaming venues. So yeah, absolutely. once again, I, I enjoy this film and I'm glad Tawana recommended it. It yeah, reminded me a lot of Daughters of the Dust. Yes, very Daughters and, of the Dust. And um, Especially when they were in the clay. Yeah, there was a lot of moments of, yeah. of Daughters in the Dust and, and just the 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 time that they would spend on those long shots in, in the to let you feel like you were in the environment. Yeah, you, you definitely were immersed. Were there. Even when he was in the hole. The yeah. textures in the yeah. hole. Textures the, in the hole were really good. That lighting in there. The lighting was I was really just good. like, wow, this is, they, they're really doing some it special just stuff. super, super clay. Just All I can think of is these copper colors and this like clayish, like burnt sienna-esque mm-hmm. yep. like colors on his body. And he had like rich, deep melanin, and so that clay on his body just vibrates. Yeah, uh, it was like it was gold stuff. for real. Yeah, like they had gold. like they had purples. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. I really wish I would have caught this in the theaters when it it was um it it went to festival circuit and it was very popular. And I think at one point it had to be in the theaters, and I wish I would have caught it, but. Yeah. Somehow I missed it. And it's actually st- screaming, and uh, they're actually showing it in the theater in Ghana this weekend. Yeah, see? So it's, see, my it's good thing to is if you can get to the movies, get there. Yeah. Because the movies isn't a viewing, it's an experience. Right. You're immersed in color, in sound, in texture, in mood. Go and see it. But if mm-hmm. not, Netflix is available, and so is many other platforms. Right. So please check it out. It hurts yeah. no one. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Pet Cemetery. It's go time. It's go time. I liked it. I'm gonna give I liked it, it too. No, I liked it I'm too. I'm going to give it like a four and a half. It was so good. They did such a... I'm going to give it a four, four and a half. You know why? Out of five? Out of five. And I'll tell you why. What? Let me tell you Get why. Out of here, man. I'm going to tell you why. Tell okay. me why. I'll tell you why. Because for me... Um, the new spin on things mm. still hits the mark. They managed to change things without ruining the original intent of the film and without ruining your original impressions of the film. They just elongated it and switched up the character references. That's all they did, but they still kept the mood. I mean, mind you, the original was scarier. Yes. Right? But Stephen King never fails. 
creepy. He's creepy. consistent. He's, he's very consistent. consistent. He's consistent. I, I, I really, I think the jump scares worked. They tried yeah, they a few. Yeah, they definitely, the jump scares. They worked. They the tried a few. This is, this is stylish. It's creepy. It's solidly acted. Even the children. And sometimes kid actors really annoy me because they, I mean, they're children. They can do what they can do. Um, but these kids were solid. Yeah. Even the baby. Give the audience the synopsis. Uh, let's see. The synopsis of it is. So sorry, I'm a little not prepared. We just jumped right into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we just jumped right into it. Um, okay, so Dr. Lewis Creed and his family, um, along with his wife Rachel, relocate from Boston to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. What I think that was interesting to me, because there are parallel, but parallels between these two films. Yeah. Once you had you had you had a family trying to keep it together, trying to yes. trying to better their lives, trying yes. to do what they had to do to make their lives better. Yes. And you had that situation happening with both families. Yes. And um and so it was interesting to see the, the parallels. You also had that discussion about death. Yes. And, and, and how we and, deal with it. And how you deal with death and is there anything after that? Right. You know, and so on and so forth. Alex, are you finished with your drink yet? <laughs> Just thought I'd squeeze in a little ASMR. Uh, thank you very much. Sound um, effects. So I think that... I That's think what that, a drink sounds like while it's being made, talking about film. <laughs> right, exactly. I so, love film, Clarice. Yeah, so seriously. It's very, I'm just very turning edible. Up. I'm not usually this creepy. Wow. No. But yeah. it's a creepy film. It's a creepy film. Yeah, it is a creepy film. But like I said, I, I saw that you, you see the struggle of the family trying to keep it together. Yes. He was dealing with some things, trying to change his life. Yes. I don't know if it was a work issue, if something was happening in the city, because they were they from never, Boston. They never really tell they, you why they, they moved. They implied a lot of stuff, but there was they something happening. And then she was, uh, the the mother was obviously dealing with some emotional issues, because she was uh, she dealing had with the death yeah. of her sister. In both films. Right. That, dude, so there was issue, always yeah. something going on. Yeah. And So they were trying to find a better life. And so you, you, you feel that angst of them trying to do that. And I think mm-hmm. that the actor Jason, what's his last name? Tawana. He's uh, in everything. He, I don't know if he's in everything. He is in everything. Jason he, Clark. He's not necessarily he's in been everything. In a lot I was just of waiting films. for. I was waiting for him to like waterboard that girl. Yeah. He's been <laughs> a, a lot of he's in, movies. He's in a lot of movies, but I feel like he's always the same guy in every movie because he was in Mudborn, right? He Mudbound. Was, yes. I'm sorry, Mudbound. Why mm-hmm. can't I speak? He was in Mudbound. He was in Everest. He was in Zero Dark Thirty. You know, Terminator Genesis, the aftermath. He plays the same guy but in he every brings, film. He brings something. Serenity, the Winchester. Right. He brings yeah. something to what he brings to this movie is this. All I See Is You, which, it, by the way, is very good. It's on cable right now. Check it out. All I See Is You? All I See Is You, about a husband who gets really jealous when his wife gets her eyesight back. Okay. Ooh. Another movie to check out. Check it folks. out. But what I'm saying about <laughs> it, what I'm saying about Jason's performance is in in movies like this yeah. is that he brings that every man character to it. You know, he's just I'm a simple father. I want to do the best for my kids. I want to do the best for my wife cuz he was really trying. You know what I mean? And right. and he do, he has that you have a a, a certain empathy for him. Mm-hmm. And even when he was in the road when he was at his office and trying to work with his patients, he he always seems to carry the pain of 
whatever situation well, he's he was walking empath- into. Empathic or, like that. Or or anger. Like right. in some films it's about anger or, yeah. or 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 revenge. He's he's the go to actor for that. And and, and yeah, just he like he did with um Skarsgard and um the movie about the war where where they uh the English people were going and taking over the people's house. Hmm. Um, oh, the new one. Yes, it's, it's out. It's out. Aftermath. Yes. So it's the same kind of thing. He kind of brings it to it. Right. But what was interesting to me was how in the beginning of the film, he was like, oh, no, when you're dead, you're dead. It's done. There is no after. He, he just wasn't about this afterlife thing. And then all right. of a sudden... Well, everything just turns he, upside down well, because he had to put his family back together. I mean, yeah. this we're not we're not revealing anything. Trust me, the original Pet Cemetery came out when we were children, yeah. so it's like or or young people, young adults, like it, it, it's not revealing anything crazy. And if you haven't seen the original, maybe see both. Yeah, because I think um, what I like about this is that they kind of had for one. For why I'm just gonna say this. It was a fun ride. One foot solidly planted in the past in the old pet cemetery, and one solidly planted in the future. I mean, you live some aspects of like uh, open for future interpretation, right? We so we're gonna leave some aspects open for so interpretation. Me, i.e., like you know, like the meaning of death, right? Um, where, like you just said, where do we go? Versus where do we think we go? Versus how do children deal with death? That was also something Kojo and Pet Cemetery deal with, mm-hmm. right? How do children really deal with death? And seeing death through a child's eyes, what is the what is the reflection? What is the interpretation, mm-hmm. right? And so they deal with that all all together in this, and I really appreciated this. Well, I I personally and I Alex and I saw it together. Oh yeah, and um. I just felt like it was just so bleak. I was not very bleak. I didn't feel like it was a, a thrill ride. I felt like it was a, a no, I said sad ride. Fun ride. Not I don't know if it was fun. <laughs> For me, I meant when I mean it's fun, I meant um the interesting levels of it. Maybe I'm a little dark. I, well, <laughs> I'm one of the darkest people you can find when it comes to, to yeah, TV. Yeah, but you don't like movies. dark, dark movies. But this was just what I and I can appreciate Stephen King because I know where he's trying to right. go. But I don't know if I was left with any kind of hope for Oh, the no, future. you're absolutely left with no hope. It's you know, bleak. I felt like there was just no hope in it. And I, I will never understand as long as I'm alive. I guess there would be never be a horror movie. But why people want to bring back the dead. You, They're already yeah. gone. You can't bring them back. Why would you want some something that's not what it was right. when, you, when they left here? To come back, it's, it's not going to be the same. I mean, it cannot I think be. Jason Clark's character Lewis figured that out too. You know, initially he started and he was just like, "Oh, let's talk about death. Let's figure out who it is. The the children should be able to express themselves and talk about it and all that." But when when tragedy strikes, he then is led into a place of hope and renewal. And kind of try to sets off on that path in a sense, and so that's where it leads him to that. I don't care what death is; I just want it over. Right. I want. I want my my family member. I want my family member back. I want to resolve this. I want to make my family members happy in general, and I want to get it together. And and the way it came about in this 
was uncontrollable. In the first one, he really tried to control it, the Father Lewis. Yeah. But in this one, it was really out of his hands. And so it just rolled like a snowball and gathered steam and then boom. This is where we have it. Because that last fucking scene is beautiful and a bit mind-blowing. Yeah. The, right? Yeah. Also a little sad, but it, it was, was like, so oh, sad fuck. To me. It was so sad to me. Yeah. Um, what do you think about character actor uh, John Lithgow? Um, I did not like him completely as the neighbor. Um, he played Judd, mm-hmm. which was originally played by... Um, uh, what's his name? I just know him from the Fred, monster. Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm, from the monster. Fred Gwynn. He was. He was. Uh, he was. Was it? Was it? What was his original name in 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 the monsters? Um, Herman. Herman. Thank yes. you. I mean, sixty four. <laughs> took me a minute. Uh, but yeah. So like, his original portrayal of Judd was the best one to me because he also had that New England accent down. Right? It was that whole main, big, tall, like, lanky guy from, from like, I guess the country of Maine, right? Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, con- the, woods. The, the woods of Maine, rather. Mm-hmm. And um, you could see a lot had, like, set in him from tragedy. What I will say is, by the way, Victor Pascal, right? The kid that gets hit. Yes. In the original one, it's played by a white guy. In this one, it's played by a black guy. Don't know why they switched um, and used the black guy. I don't know if that meant anything. It meant something to me. I felt kind of good about it. I was like, ooh, it's a black guy. Yeah, I just think they needed to, they wanted to mix the cast up a I feel bit. like they wanted to mix the cast up a little mm-hmm. bit. Because um, we're in the new world of Hollywood. There's right, the all diversity. kinds of ethnicities in, in everything. Right, so diversity. They had to mix it up a little bit. But... Um, yeah, I think uh, Victor Pascal wasn't as prominent as he was in the original. He had his moments. He did. He he was a, a beacon of like light for the father, and he was trying to be his guide, his de facto guide. Right, but he didn't listen. And he didn't listen in the first either. Well, but why was what was what I always had a question about was why did Victor. Pascal come to Pascal, the little yeah. boy? I don't know. But the Pas- Pascal also came to the mother as well. Yeah. In both times mm-hmm. and then when they were trying to go home. Um, but they couldn't see him. Only the baby could see him. And, of course, you know why. Babies are open. Yeah. Um, but Poor little Gage. I know. It's so <laughs> fucked up. This Gage was cuter than the original Gage. The other, Miko Hughes played the original Gage. And, like, that kid was a little creepy. It's, it's interesting though, and um, one of my one of my good friends from South Carolina, she named her son Gage from this character no. in the film, and, and and did she really? Gage is is a grown man now living in South Carolina. Oh yeah, he's a grown. But man. it's just so interesting. I was, you know, when I think about every time I hear the name Gage, I always think about my friend Tony. <laughs> and shout out to you, Tony. That's um, funny, but it's just so interesting. But I always like that name too, and yeah, then I was like, Gage I can't is a cool name. Name that my kid that name because I feel like one day I wake up and my kid's gonna kill me. Right, but I think <laughs> it, I like the I like the twist in this film versus the other. I did like the I twist. I like it that that little girl. She, I thought she did an outstanding mm-hmm. performance because she she, she went from 
very lighthearted and free and caring. Free and cute and caring. very dark and twisted. Right. And it's so weird because in this one, they don't immediately go into murder. In this one, they do what they do, right? So we all know, based on the trailers at least, right? Yeah. Someone dies, they pick them up, they bury them in this burial some some this native american burial ground that has these evil powers that the ground has turned sour right and so they bury them there they return but they don't return well and they are homicidal when they return and so uh because they return uh they immediately go into killing people but this one they had like a whole explanation for death Mm-hmm. And there was a there was like an exposition about it. Yeah, they spent a lot of time trying to right. Trying to and figure it out. And then homicide occurs. Right. <laughs> but at, for a minute, you're like, oh shit, run! But then she's, you know, the people start talking to you, right? right. And then you're like, oh wait. Well, you know, the thing that gets me, like the father saw when the cat flipped out. So if you see this. Mm-mm. And you see, this is bad. This is bad juju right here. In both films. Why are you trying to bring this thing up in your house? In both films. And <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. And then you don't have the balls to take care of it. In both films. <laughs> so I was like, well, this is actually your fault. You brought all no, this actually, on to yourself. In the first film, he did take care of the cat. He didn't take care of it in the second one. But still. But that's my point. And also, though, in the first one, he really wanted to do it in the second one John Lithgow made the decision yeah and see that was something that troubled me too right oh so you you feel a certain kind of way about this little girl and you want to keep this little girl happy neighbor neighbor dude but guess what you walked me through a path of destruction right that's going to destroy me and my whole family right and you knew what this could lead to but you let me do it I right. can so, squ- that, that's what I couldn't square myself with right it's like clearly that's a bad intention. Right. You knew because you've gone through it. He's gone own, through it. So, like, why would family. he wish that upon them? I that, that, I just, I couldn't quite understand his, his lot. Like, because he, tr- right. he didn't seem like a bad But guy. see, there, a, there but, were the plot, li- that's where the plot but, holes went into play. But a little girl gets over a dead cat. Like, right? You yeah. get her another cat. She'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Um, And she's little. And then to the, make fucking zombie cats, dude. Right. And, <laughs> but, but, but then the other thing, as he was walking Jason through the woods, what, and this is why I had to ask Alex, you know, about white folks. And <laughs> why, y'all, why y'all so inquisitive? Okay, you all you all climbing up wood piles. You, you and really are inquisitive. Up, up some rocks and shit. <laughs> it don't even look like the same landscape that you walk from. Also, you got to step right. Right. Otherwise, you die. Right. You know what I mean? No, I'm so good. I'm, I'm good. just going to go up there and bury a cat. Now, there's there's all this is clearly a bunch of people who are not too concerned about <laughs> getting harmed in this world. And then it's just, once again, usually and, white, though. And that's, and that's where we go again. And, you're, and they already established you're on 50 acres of land. So yes. if I have 50 acres of I land. I can bury that bitch anywhere. I can bury that cat. Any fucking way I want to. Any fucking way I want. And it's like, you're just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And And it's like, we could bury this motherfucker anywhere. And he even said, why can't I bury it right here? Right. And he listened yeah. to that dude to tell him, yeah. let's go up this, this hill thing. Oh, but, the, but it was. Oh, you mean the altar? The fucking creepiest altar of all right, time? Right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. No. Why am I going to no, do you. this? But what's no, it? You. you know what's cool is they had some nice, like, little, like, 
cool like modern tricks with like the faces you see how they swap faces yes, I that did like was that. cool I did and that like wasn't that. in the original and there were some shots in which they they, they would <laughs> go across the room like the face morphing was cool the camera movement where they would go across the room you'd follow a character to one section of the room and then the room would move but the camera wouldn't move that's what it was. I and, was trying and to figure the, out what the trick and was. And then the camera would shift again. Yeah. It's like all, a, a huge mechanical thing. They did it in uh, Atomic Blonde with the car. But like the depth of the depth of field was great. The slow motion scenes were fantastic. And I felt like that was happening. Remember that little room that all the dead things would end up in, you know, as they would always come back. Yeah. They would always end up in that little room. Yeah. I always felt like something was going on in that room, and I was like, "Well, why?" And then there was always a mask. Those little masks. Those there. masks are a new thing. Yeah, that's new for the new movie. There was no mask. There were no fucking children walking around burying kids. Right. I mean, kids dogs. burying um dogs right. and animals and shit. Um, you just saw that that was an old cemetery last time, but it was interesting. They did a good job. I liked it. I mean. Uh, catch it if you can. See where you're at, because I think it's good. It was fun. It's a fun movie. It's for a sure. fun movie. That's what I meant by the fun ride. Like it's just a fun movie. It's dark. It's creepy. If you get into that shit, it's fun. Yeah, and if you if you just like reboots of older movies from the '80s, sure, jump in. Why not? Jump or in. if not, you can just wait for HBO. But I, I definitely right. think that. Now this is where this one's worth going to check it out. Wait for it part two. Oh, you say wait for wait for it part two. Wait for it part two. Yeah, it's coming back, and just put your money there. Uh, Pet cemetery, Pet cemetery was interesting, but I don't know if it was worth seventeen fifty. <clears throat> well, or you could have like yeah, Amazon. That's a good point. That's yeah. a very good point. Right? It was, it's not it worth that. I, I mean, if you got one of the one of the like apps that lets you see movies for free. I'm sorry. Damn near. What, what's like, that? Amazon A list. What are you talking about? I don't about? know if Movie Pass even exists. What are you anymore. talking about? No, Movie Pass exists. Does it? We, it's back and forth. Vaughn and I don't adhere. First of all, to these Vaughn, kinds of systems. Okay, right? so go ahead and fucking pay, rich man. I pay $20 a month and I get to see as many fucking I paid, movies as I want. Well, I, here's, here's the deal. So I pay for Vaughn's movie tickets and, then he, and then he pays three times the amount on the bar tab yeah. right afterwards. Oh, Pretty much I did. Oh, then, then that's <laughs> the deal. Then that's the deal. That's and different. And he sat like, with I got, a smile on his face. He's like, I got the bar tab. I was like, make mine a Jim Beam and yes, a he, beer. He Let's do that. There yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. He, did, he did go all in. Yeah. But it was a good time. We had a nah, good time. It was good. Go. It was a good follow-up. I but, liked it. But once again, I like I said, I, I enjoyed the movie for certain because I really didn't want to see it because I'm, I'm a little over the reboots. But I thought that if they're done well, like, okay, this was me. an interesting twist. Right. Because I just really wanted to see what they were going to do. Yeah, me too. Because originally I didn't want to see it. And then I accidentally saw the second trailer. I try not to see the second trailers because they really fucking suck at editing trailers now. It's all about telling you everything to get you in the seats. I know, right? And that's they a give fucking... give you the whole film. You ruin it. Yeah. I mean, listen, if people are not going to go, they're not going to fucking go. It's not going to change things. But, you know... My 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 review, check Final it thought. out. Final thoughts, check it out. Go and see it. Uh, fuck it, go to a matinee. Yeah. Pay half fucking price. If you're price. bored, you want to go to a matinee, or if you get, not even if you're bored, you if you're if deal. you get up some, you get up early. Grab your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your kid, and go to fucking brunch afterward. Uh, I don't know about your kid. That, that's a lot for a kid. I saw Pet Cemetery. 
Okay, it's that you're also a lot. you're also a broken human. And this is I'm what this is that explains a lot. <laughs> I mean, listen to my father's credit; he made me read the book first. So mm. maybe that's not to his credit. I'll say I'll say like junior high school. I'll say read the book and, and check out the nuances. Read the book. That, check the out the nuances. Watch both films. Yeah, do it. definitely watch both. Though. Do, do it. it. Be in the right mood. Yeah. So I don't. Out of five, what are we doing? Out of five, what are we doing? I liked it. I'm gonna say four, four and a half. I'm a three you, and a half. Not, yeah. You four and a half? Three. Wow. You thought it was that shitty? I, I didn't think it was shitty. I just didn't think it was great. I guess three's not shitty. Three's just good. Three's three good. Three's good. I needed some four hope. Four is great, and anything above four is outstanding. Okay, so I'm going to give it a four. I needed some hope, and I needed that there was some plot You're not going to get hope from Pet Cemetery. I needed something. To, to, to make me feel that there was some hope in life. Because if you have all these spirits and parishions telling you mm. not to make some big mistake and you're still just, Maybe you know, butthurt to jump to right in, you know, it just it's just disturbing for me a little bit. I mean, I would give it, I'd give it three and a half. Mm. I thought it was better than just a good film. Right. But for me, uh, Stephen King, it's kind of, they're like, it was like a high quality, highly produced TV movie because mm. it has kind of a very tightly kind of tied off bow. They're not going to sort of take you anywhere afterwards. They might. It has, these, it has these sort of somewhat impossible kind. There's all these premises that you just are kind of like, eh, that's a little. You know, right, I feel like right, not right. all of the premises that he sets up is like, you know, th- th- this kind of stuff, like these extra. Um, what do you call it? Like. Anyway, his like horror thriller stuff. Yeah. You know, supernatural. Yeah, um, supernatural. I, like, I'm kind of a bit like. Like the stand and like. You know, I'm, just, I'm not quite there. I right. thought it was a really well made film, yeah. very right. tightly produced. Yes. But it just kind of, it just was, there was something missing. This is a little something missing. It's a satisfying film. I give it three and a half, but I won't give it four. Yep. Boom. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're in a four. Sense. So that's good. It's a good I'm scale for us. I thought it was a, I thought it was better than good. Not not shit, not awesome, but better than good. Worth watching. Worth watching. Yeah. Worth watching. All right. All right. Right on. Well, that's it though. What are we doing, guys? That's What's, it. Uh, so uh, the next episode, episode forty-three, uh, we're doing Avengers Endgame. Boom! Boom! That's be big. And so we're excited. Doing a little. We're gonna go a little off. Do a little bit of a uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Boom. That's the Ted Bundy story. That's the Ted Bundy Efron, story. Ted Joe Bundy? Berlinger is Woo. the director, which I thought good. he was only doing docs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Zach Efron and Lily Collins. So we have Thana, Thanos and yes. Zach Efron are our two yeah. evil men of evil. the moment. Uh, one's right. hotter than the other. Mm. <laughs> oh, so you're all about that, that, that Thanos. I see you over there, Tawana. Mm. Thanos yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah, Thanos. He's got a scrotum. He's got a scrotum chin. Big I'm tea. not about that. The scrotum chin. I'm not about Scrotes. scrotums at all, actually. So folks, enjoy. Oh, if we right. if we don't recall, Keep but anyway. Folks. So I mean, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Boom. Twitter, Boom. and where we host on SoundCloud. Boom. And don't forget to use the hashtag that's hashtag bbm podcast once again that's hashtag bbm podcast yeah. this is beer bourbon and a movie and a movie